Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. Skating a man down once again, but we do have both Haley and Lauren with us. How are we, ladies? Doing great. Even, you know, despite the Bruins' loss on Monday, I'm still feeling pretty good, so no complaints. Hales, about yourself? Doing good. Just woke up from like an hour and 15-minute nap, so, you know, this is my uh, Monday, technically, because I had Monday off, so it was a Monday. Yes, so we are recording on Tuesday, June 1st. And Haley may have had an hour and 15-minute nap, but the Toronto Maple Leafs will be napping for far longer. Uh, so <laughs> I had to get a Maple Leafs jab in right off the top. We're going to spend a ton of time in this episode talking about yet another example of postseason futility from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so if you tuned in for that, you do not change that dial. You tune into the right, uh, right show. If you are a Maple Leafs fan... This is not the place to grieve. Uh, we are going to be piling onto your agony. So uh, maybe you are glutton for punishment. Either way, stay with us. Uh, so stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the National Hockey League and the hockey world as a whole since the last time we all got together. And so without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening face-off. And so, yeah, right off the bat, um, I'm sure this is going to come up. Uh, so, Lauren, we'll start with you. Uh, does your opening face-off have anything to do with the hockey club from Toronto, Canada. You know, it was going to be, but I know we're going to spend a lot of time ripping them. So I'll, uh, I'll save that for a little later, but you know, this doesn't have much to do with hockey, but more so just the jackasses that have been in the NBA, those fans that have been five or six fans been banned from arenas, been kicked out and just you know, acting like they have no idea how to act in public. Listen, I know it's been a year or so since we've been out. It's been so long since we've been into arenas. And this is how you guys act. Sure, yes, some of it could be for attention. Some of it is just, you're just an idiot. But it's just such a shame to see us finally get to a good spot in the COVID pandemic world that we're allowing all these fans back into stadiums. And now it's like, maybe this wasn't a good idea after all, not because of fear of spreading, but fear of just somebody actually getting hurt. Yeah, seriously, please. If you are going to a sporting event, if you can't control your emotions enough to avoid literally throwing objects at athletes, then going to sporting events just is not for you. Uh, if you can't control yourself then yeah, I, I stay home, please, you know, uh, throw stuff through your own walls. That's stuff that you have to pay for. Don't throw stuff at athletes. Uh, you know, don't start cross sport chants. Like uh, there, you should not have uh, F U Kyrie chance uh, at a Bruins uh, Islanders playoff game. I mean, it, it just, come on, like, let's, let's just, let's have fun. Uh, you know, you can, Go after Islanders, you know, players verbally if you want. If you're at a Bruins game, uh, you know, within reason. Uh, but you know, let's let's you know, let's have some decorum. I agree with Lauren. Uh, Hales, how about yourself? Uh, do you have anything for our opening face-off? Uh, I I don't know if you guys actually watched that TikTok I sent you, but I found it so funny because it was like a news person, and they were talking about. Toronto Maple Leafs and how they had like one lone fan 
outside and they like pan over to the fan and he just like turns around like nope don't want to be seen here it was the funniest thing i saw uh, like of all the sports tiktoks this year so far he was like i don't want to be seen as their fan right now <laughs> that was a funny tiktok as for myself I need to, and, and this is, again, we're going to get to the Maple Leafs. So this is not going to be directed towards the Maple Leafs themselves, but this is going to be directed towards a certain Maple Leaf fan. And that is the gentleman who went viral for wearing jeans and a tucked in jersey, a, a jersey, Maple Leafs jersey tucked into his jeans uh, before uh, going to a Maple Leafs game. You had to know that the comeback was on for Montreal when you saw this guy. Uh, this guy was like walking around, yeah, we're going to make history tonight as I wear my, my road Austin Matthews jersey tucked into my jeans. I mean, listen, I am not on board with the whole, uh, you, I, you, you, a lot of people out there who are like, if you're a grown man, uh, you know, a man of my age, uh, uh, and you wear a jersey to a sporting event, like you're a loser, like, no, you can wear jerseys to games, no matter how old you are. Uh, don't be a, you know, stick in the mud. Uh, but if you wear a jersey and you have it tucked in to your jeans, that is a problem. That is someone who like, you know, this poor guy's got roasted by the internet uh, for the last several days. I don't want to pile on, but I kind of have to. Like, come on, man. That thing is supposed to, it's supposed to be, you know, uh, down past your waist. It is a jersey. It is, uh, you know, it's just a, a, a cool flag, uh, you know, showing your fandom. This is not business casual. Like, don't have a belt on and tuck it in. This poor guy, uh, he doesn't deserve to get piled on, but I, I just have to. Do not wear a jersey tucked in to any sort of pants, much less jeans. Oh, just come on, man. So hopefully he never does that again. Um, but yeah, again, this is going to be a heavy Maple Leafs trashing episode. And again, I've spoken on this podcast a number of times about my disdain for the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, watching Montreal come back from a 3-1 deficit does not give me any pleasure. But watching Toronto blow yet another 3-1 lead uh, just losing a play, a first round playoff series yet again, have not advanced out of the first round since 2004. Uh, I was 13 and a half years old the last time the Maple Leafs won a playoff series. That seems like forever ago. Uh, so it is just very fun to kind of make fun and, uh, and rub the salt in the wound of, uh, wounds of this franchise. But we'll get to that. Uh, before we do, uh, I do want to you know, touch on just a couple of news items, uh, you know, the stuff that we want to touch on before we get to the action on the ice. And First things first, we got to address the series that Lauren was talking about briefly uh, to open up this show. And as Bruins Islanders, uh, as we record this episode, they are tied at a game apiece following the Islanders game two victory in overtime. Exciting game, not the outcome that Bruins fans wanted, um, but uh, you know, a great hockey game for those who are neutral viewers. Uh, but following the game, uh, Bruce Cassidy did confirm that uh, you know, starting goalie Tuka Rask should be available to play for the Bruins in game three. He plans on, on starting, um, but he is dealing with some nagging injuries. Um, Lauren was actually covering that press conference, so I was following her tweets. Um, but, yeah, it seems like if I had to venture a guess, you know how it is in hockey. Uh, you have no idea what exactly is wrong with someone. They just classify it as upper body or lower body injury. Then you find out three weeks later that, yeah, yeah, the guy's groin was, like, torn in half uh, and uh, it was uh, hanging on by a thread. Uh, but in Tuca's case, I feel like it has to be something uh, with a lower body. Maybe it's a groin. Uh, he seemed like he was laboring a little bit. Um, in the second period, he was kind of like he was 
looking a little ginger. That's when the, the Islanders, uh, you know, they put up all three of their goals. Uh, he rebounded very nicely after that. So I think it's just kind of a nagging thing. But, Lauren, I'll start with you. You know, how big of a concern does it have to be for Boston if Tuca is not just not 100% because, you know, this time of the year no one's 100%, but if, if he's, you know, under 70%, if it's, if it's something that's going to continue to linger, you know, there's a subsection of Bruins fans out there, out there who would love to see Jeremy Swayman in net. Is there going to be a point, you think, where they have to consider starting Swayman because Tuca – you know, he just, he might be a liability out there. I'm going to like proceed with caution with Tuca because he was really on last night. It really was that second period that kind of the whole team was kind of like, what are we watching? Like the team is melting down right now. And obviously when you hear that Tuca has been dealing with nagging injuries, it certainly raises red flags because he was hurt earlier in the year he already has targets on his back because there is just a slew of fans like, that are almost cult-like that just hate him and are like, see, knew this was going to happen. Like he hasn't been dealing with a back injury. He hasn't dealt with injuries in the past. He's had concussions and you know, it's obviously you don't get to a cup final without Tuca. He's bailed the Bruins out so many times. He stood on his head so many times. Even last night, he was making some dominant saves in those overtimes. You really can't blame him for the overtime goal. It's, that's on Jeremy Lazon right there. But, you know, I think, too, we're, so, we're deep into the playoffs now. We're second round of the playoffs. Not everyone is healthy. I can't imagine many players being 100% healthy, unless you're the Tampa Bay Lightning. But, you know, it's, it's a long season, even in a 50, <laughs> Haley, even in a 50, 60 games shortened season, it's still a long season. They're condensed. They're playing a lot of games and it's, you know, you had to depend on your two young goalies at one point. So Tuca, he probably isn't a hundred percent. And I think a lot of people didn't think he was going into the series, but you know, I'm still pretty confident in him. I think that this extra day off is going to be very beneficial. I don't know if he got treatment today. Um, I'm not sure kind of where he stands, but I think as long as Bruce Cassidy is saying that he expects to play, I'm going to be okay with that until I'm seeing something or I'm physically hearing something that raises more red flags. Um, of course, you want your goal to be healthy, but we have to realize that we're, at, we're toward the end of the season and it's it's a grind and Rask has dealt with his injuries all season so I think that people need to pump the brakes on Swayman I think obviously people want to see him but until Rask gives up like four goals in the first you're not going to see him yeah uh, and I I know that there is a subsection we've talked about it several times subsection of Bruins fans Bruins Twitter specifically that, uh, you know, just anytime Tuca allows a goal, uh, like they're ready to rip them to shreds, uh, you know, it could go off, pinball off of a million different bodies in front, and, uh, and it's apparently his fault. I actually didn't see a ton of that last night. I don't think very many Bruins fans who know what they're watching uh, pinned last night's loss on Tuca. Again, you had two goals go in. I think 10 goals that he's allowed this postseason have hit another body or another stick uh, or his own teammate in front of the net, uh, like very difficult to actually beat him clean. Uh, and uh, another two goals last night, and then a, a overtime breakaway where, as you mentioned, a very, very poor decision by Jeremy Lausanne, who 
I am going to assume is going to be a healthy scratch for game three. That's just my gut feeling. I think that uh, he'll, you know, get a nice seat uh, around the press box uh, and, you know, maybe Jared Tenorti fills in for him. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I just, I can't see a scenario in which unless Tuca goes up to Bruce Cassidy is like, I, I, I can't, I can't, you know, move the way I usually do. Uh, I just, I don't feel confident. I don't feel strong uh, in a situation in which he turns to Jeremy Swayman. And that's, has nothing to do with a lack of confidence in Jeremy Swayman because he has exceeded anyone's expectations this season coming in with no NHL experience, uh, you know, just having recently played for UMaine, having even limited experience in uh, Providence slash Marlboro. Um, and he's exceeded expectations completely. I just, I think that unless Tuga comes to, uh, to Bruce Cassidy, he's like, I, I just, I can't do it. I think he'll be in there. And again, his performance has been exceptional. This is not just yesterday that he's been dealing with injury. He's been dealing with injury for a while and he still has a sub two goals against average in this postseason. Uh, he's the reason why they made it to overtime uh, last night because he had a ton of exceptional saves, like you mentioned, Lauren. So yeah, I, I don't see a scenario in which he you know, misses time unless something gets aggravated even worse. Uh, so, you know, knock on wood, that's not the case. Haley, do you think that in the event that Boston has to turn to Jeremy Swayman, that they have, you know, any shot to, uh, to A, beat the Islanders, um, you know, a team that continues to, you know, exceed expectations. They, they started off great. They, after the trade deadline, they started, started to fall off a little bit, and then they really performed great against Pittsburgh, and they've been a tough matchup in each of the first two games of this series. So do you think that Boston can beat the Islanders without Tuka Rask? Uh, and even if they can, you know, do you ha- give them a shot against whoever wins uh, the Carolina-Tampa series without uh, Rask and Nett? I think that, like, I mean, anything is possible, right? Bennington, the year that the Blues won – and thank, thank God they were knocked out first round, swept this year because I didn't want to have to see any of them uh, doing well. I don't like them. But, you know, he was pretty new to the major league side because he had played, I believe, in San Antonio for the rampage on the minor league side. And they, he took it all the way. And he's really the reason they won that game, the last game, game seven. So you just don't know with those those new guys, those new goalies, when you haven't seen a whole lot of them, they can be quite standouts. I mean, Carter Hart in the bubble last year, huge standout. Turns out he had COVID and that hurt his season last year and nobody, or this year, sorry, and nobody freaking knew because they, he didn't tell anybody until after the season, as is the normal in hockey. We're going to just lie to y'all and then after the season's over, tell you exactly what was going on with us. <laughs> so got a ton of hate during the season, and then after you're like, oh, hey, by the way, this is what was really going on. So I think that anything is possible, but I just feel like their best chances with Tuca, and you mean you want the veteran goalie who you know can get you to the cup final. You want that goalie. So, you know, maybe if they have a series where they're kind of up, a few games and they could put Swayman in for a game, give Tuka a little bit of a break. Like that would be great. But in a situation where it's going to be a close series, like the Islanders, uh, I really hope that Tuka can stay in and the Islanders are surprising me for sure. That's a good point that, uh, that you have to take into consideration. You know, if, if say Boston is able to bounce back and, and win both these games over at the Coliseum and they, you know, go back to Boston up three, one and, 
these injuries are just continuing to persist for Tuca. You know, does Bruce Cassidy have it in him to say, I'm going to, I'm going to trust the kid. I got a three games to one lead. Uh, my goalie's hurting. I really could use, you know, the, the option to give him an extra few days off to get right, uh, stick him in there. I mean, I mean, you're seeing uh, Barry Trotz alternate goalies every other game. Uh, like, uh, uh, is it Sorokin or is it Varlamov? We, we don't know like uh, until an hour before a puck drop. Um, and, you know, it, uh, sometimes he changes the goalie even after he wins. So, uh, you know, for all we know, uh, even though Varlamov played well last night, it might be Sorokin for game three. Who knows? Like, so you have coaches that will flip-flop between goalies and you have uh, the more traditional style where a team just rides their starter throughout the postseason. Um, and we'll have to see what, what Boston does. But that's an interesting point you bring up, Haley, where, you know, if Boston's able to, you know, take the next two in Long Island, you know, do you take advantage of that situation and say, you know what? Let's give Tuca the night. Um, you know, we, we trust Swayman. We, we think that the, our, you know, our team plays well in front of him. And, you know, we can take, take this chance. Uh, and, you know, if I recall correctly, Swayman did beat the Islanders earlier this season. So, um, you know, he, he does have experience playing that, uh, that team. So it's something to keep an eye on. But, uh, yeah, certainly, like you said, if, if the Bruins are trailing or, or tied in a series – I think it's a very difficult situation to, to force a young goalie into not saying that, uh, that, you know, it never happens. I mean, we just saw uh, Spencer Knight uh, forced into a, a series that the, uh, the lightning were leading three games to one Panthers were trying to get back in that series. He managed to steal game five game six didn't go so well for him, but uh, you know, we, you know, you do see teams say, you know what young goalie doesn't know any better. We'll stick him in there. See how he does. Uh, it happens quite frequently. So we'll have to see, if that presents itself later in the postseason, I just want to say though, if they do win the next two games and let Duke rest for a game, I would like some credit on Snipe and Selly's, you know, the podcast itself, not personally, Snipe and Selly's idea. And so, you know, I know y'all are listening, Bruins. Just make sure you throw it out there that we're the ones that had the idea. Now that you bring up uh, the notion of credit. I can't believe I forgot to mention this in, uh, in our opening face-off and I don't want to save it for our empty netter. So I'm going to mention it now. So take a little break from news. Uh, this is an anti Baltimore Orioles podcast. <laughs> All right. If, if you are on social media, uh, we have issued a cease and desist to the Baltimore Orioles baseball team. They apparently are doing, uh, within the last week did a hockey Jersey themed uh, road trip. Uh, you know, you see this in, in, in baseball from time to time, like they'll do like different themes. Um, and the Baltimore Orioles literally sent out a tweet of all their players wearing hockey jerseys saying, and now we snipe and Selly. I mean, they literally used our name. I don't know if we have listeners in the Baltimore Orioles uh, front office or, or in their social media department. And that uh, incepted them uh, into using our name in a tweet but if that's the case and you want us to not be a Baltimore or an anti-Orioles podcast, you need to get in touch with us. Uh, you know, tickets to a beautiful cam game at Camden Yards, uh, some merch. I mean, we can be bought. Uh, you want to sponsor Snipe and Selly, you know, cross-sport promotion. Uh, we can be bought. But uh, as of right now, you are our mortal enemies. And so thank you, Haley, for reminding me that we hate the Baltimore Orioles unless they want to partner with us. And in, in which case, again, we can be bought. Yeah, you could have tagged us. Just yeah. saying. Seriously, like, come on, tag us something. Like, uh, I mean, it was very disrespectful. Ruined my <laughs> night. 
Um, but the final piece of news that I want to touch on before we move on and uh, you know break down how some of the first round series ended and how some of these second round series are going. Um, and again, to bash the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, have a good time making fun of them, is talk about uh, the issue in round two, game one, between the Colorado Avalanche, Lawrence Colorado Avalanche, and the no one's Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and this, listen, if you are a, a hardcore hockey fan, you know who Ryan Reeves, in, uh, Ryan Reeves is. Even if you're a more casual hockey fan, you probably have an idea of who Ryan Reeves is. You know, he's someone who probably came up in our enforcers episode, uh, talking about some of our favorite enforcers of all time. He is, he's in there to throw his weight around. Uh, you know, he's in there to, uh, to stir the pot. And in this case, there was way too much pot stirring. Uh, so Ryan Reeves has been suspended by two games by the NHL department of player safety, who I'm convinced at this point is George Peros wearing a blindfold like the movie movie Bird Box and just like making a decision like on discipline based on like, like you know, let me just throw a dart at a dartboard blindfolded and, and, and see what I'm going to do here between, uh, you know, not suspending, not finding some people, uh, finding people weird amounts of money for things that weren't even penalized. In this case, I feel like he actually got it right. I think two games is a good suspension for Ryan Reeves who if you watched Avalanche Golden Knights game one, there was a lot more penalty minutes than you would think would be in a 7-1 beatdown. Um, but there, I think, was like 80 combined penalty minutes between these two teams, a lot of them being in the third period. And at 8.04 of the third period, Ryan Reeves received back-to-back -back minor penalties, uh, one for roughing and a match penalty. And uh, at one point, at one point, it was said that he actually pulled a chunk of avalanche defenseman Ryan Graves' hair out of his head. Uh, so he was roughing him. He was pulling hair. Um, it was bad. It was, it, it was a, it was a, it wasn't physicality. It was uh, someone being on a mission to hurt somebody. And we've talked at length about, uh, you know, Tom Wilson and the things that he's done uh, to, uh, to, to, you know, warrant disciplinary action. And, so in this case, Ryan Reeves is going to be suspended for games two and three of, uh, of the Avalanche Golden Knights series. The Avalanche currently lead that series one game to none. Lauren, I know that you are watching because uh, the, the Avs are your team. I know that Haley was watching. Uh, so what were your thoughts, both of you, on this incident? I mean, this, this kind of got ugly. You know, it, it's, it's one thing to have physicality. It's one thing to have fights. When you have something this obscene yeah like you get a two-game suspension but it just kind of it kind of ruins the game a little bit yeah so you know especially I understand tensions are high things are going to boil over it's the playoffs you're leaving it all out there but there comes a point where you're getting physical and then you're just getting downright mean and you're becoming just a bully and it's just unnecessary um you know a hit after a whistle whatever like it's not the end of the world you know an extra shove but when you're <laughs> grabbing someone by the hair or you're trying forcefully to bring them to the ice to hurt them. It's just stupid, especially in a blowout like this. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't change anything. Um, I think we all know that Ryan Reeves has a history. He's not the cleanest player. Um, at times, I feel like 
I'm like, oh, cool. Like he's cleaned up his act, kind of how I felt with Tom Wilson for a little while there. Um, but then it just comes full circle where he does something like this. The goonery comes back out and it's just like, come on, man. I know it's the playoffs. I know everyone wants the Stanley Cup. I know people, you're tired and it's getting toward the end of the season, but it solves nothing. It does nothing. It takes you out of the game. It could take you, in Ryan Reeves' case, like take you out of the game for potentially the rest of the series. I don't think that's going to be the case because it's only two games. Math is really hard for me. I'm sorry. I'm getting old these days, but it's just, it's just stupid. Just like, you know, an extra shove after the whistle. That's all you need to do. You don't need to be going around hurting these people intentionally. And, you know, I think people are getting frustrated with the Department of Player Safety because the consistency is terrible. There, there's no consistency. And I think that even if they suspended Reeves five games, if they suspended him or fined him only 5K, 10K, whatever, there was going to be issues. So I don't think there's any winning in that situation, but there's just no consistency across the board. And Jake DeBrus got fined this morning. I, 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 that came out of nowhere for me anyway. So it's just the consistency, I think, is what's frustrating everybody for fans. But actually watching it and seeing it happen, it's just like, I understand you're in the moment, but you are putting somebody's life, you're putting somebody's career potentially in danger, depending on how much you go after them. So it's just like, it's just ridiculous. And I'm just so sick of seeing people intentionally trying to hurt somebody. I love watching fights in hockey. I love how physical hockey can be. But once it becomes, you know, a Ryan Reeves or a Tom Wilson literally hurting somebody, then I become like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Just so much of you, of what you just said resonates with me. Number one, the, you can, you have scrums after the whistle in pretty much every game. Like you, you have people getting after it. You, you know, you have people sticking up for their teammates, but in a way that, you know, tensions boil over, someone gets face washed, you know, someone gets their helmet ripped off, uh, you know, someone gets, you know, cross-checked or shoved and it's over. It's over. You know, nobody has to leave the game. No one gets their hair pulled out. Um, it's, 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 it's done. And every once in a while you have situations like this with Reeves where it's like, okay, you're trying to, to gain a competitive edge by injuring an opponent. Um, you know, injuries happen, but when, you know, you have intent to injure, that's a whole other matter. And so, yeah, two games, I think is good for him. But like you said, it just, the consistency from player safety is I think worse than ever. I mean, you know, people weren't too thrilled with Brendan Shanahan when he would hand down decisions. I always was a huge fan of the way he would do the videos uh, and, uh, and summarize like, so to summarize, it was a late hit player left his feet. Uh, he's like listing off the different things. And I'm like, I, I like those videos, even though people didn't, uh, you know, people didn't love Brendan Shanahan in that role, but George Paros has been very inconsistent. Like you said, with the debrusque, getting fine. I'm like, when did he cross check someone? Did he get penalized? Like I, I must've missed this. Like, I, I don't understand the random fines for things that seem like they were completely, you know, innocent. Uh, and whereas you have people getting, you know, no discipline for, uh, for things that seem far worse. So in this case, I think the player safety got it right, but yeah, the, the, the lack of faith that fans and teams and players have in player safety right now is, uh, it's pretty jarring. Um, Haley, I know you were watching the game. Uh, you know, did you happen to see the incident with Reeves? Uh, and just in general, you know, that, that game got pretty ugly in the third period. 
you know, I didn't, I didn't end up catching the third period. We were actually leaving the bar that we were at to go to a different place at the, at the end of that game. But I will say that I don't think that it was a competitive edge type of thing. They were getting blown out and they were basically just going to the only thing that they could do because even before the third period, there were some hits that were questionable in my opinion. They were purposely just going to that, well, I can't beat you on the ice, so I'm going to attack you in a different way because we can't score. We can't block you from scoring. I mean, it was kind of a bloodbath with the scoring because Colorado just basically put on a show and skated around them. And so it was just – I don't know. It was embarrassing to me. It seemed like a child, like like children out there. You know, we can't win, so we're just going to – we're going to fight you instead. And so I, I was disappointed in them, and I didn't even catch the hair-pulling incident. Just this disgusting behavior, in my opinion. And, yeah, two games, that's pretty good because it's not it, – that's not like it's the Tom Wilson, you know, throwing somebody to the ground and punching their head into the ice, which didn't even get suspended. It's not the same level. So I think two games is a correct punishment for this. But, you know, I'm interested to see how the rest of the series goes. I don't foresee Vegas being able to – I mean, honestly, I could see Vegas getting swept. Colorado is just on a crazy train roll. I can see them taking it all. They are doing so good. And I think that if that's the way Vegas is going to play, it's not going to go well for them. That's what's crazy about it, too, is that Vegas was getting so pushed around that Ryan Reeves resorted to, you know, drastic and cheap measures. I mean, Vegas, if they were playing – any other team besides Colorado, people would be like, yeah, this is a favorite to get back to a Stanley Cup. I mean, but they have run into the worst possible matchup. Uh, I think that Colorado, I think that winds up being a six-game series, but I, I do think Colorado, uh, you know, they were my cup pick, and I have no reason to go against that now. They look incredible at the moment, and no one loves that more than Lauren. Uh, but, yeah, just, just it just seems uh, there was a lot of desperation there from Ryan Reeves, and I, I did not like it. I think what's scary, too, is that about the Avalanche in general is that these are supposed to be two of the NHL's best teams, and Colorado is just making Vegas look silly. I know it's one game, but that's a statement game, and it's the first game is so important of a series. And, it, yes, it's very easy now for Vegas to come back and tie it, but two of the NHL's best teams, you're expecting like 3-2, 2-1, and – Colorado just looks so good and I'm not just saying that because they're my abs and I love them but they look really really good and I was talking to Derek about this the other night and he's like I don't know why you don't think any other team can get through them and I was like I'm gonna call off the wedding if the slander continues because (laughs) just watch them and like I've been watching them all season it's just they're an absolute wagon and I don't I mean I pray for any team that comes in their path because they're just so so good up and down that lineup. Lauren, do you think that it's the subtle switch from the black helmets to the uh, to the blue helmet? I think that that subtle change in their uniform has just made them a completely different hockey team. 100%. It's all in helmets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll talk about them uh, in that series in general uh, in a bit, but it, right now it does not look good. Granted, this is the kiss of death. Uh, Vegas probably wins the next two games after we just uh, you know basically called time of death on them. But uh, as of right now, I just don't see anyone beating Colorado. and uh, and to the point where Ryan Reeves is getting frustrated and taking cheap shots. And now he's going to miss two games because of it. So I hope it was worth it, Ryan. 
But that's pretty much all we have for news. You know, while the playoffs are going on, there's not a ton of news that's, uh, you know, floating around the league. So I wanted to get to our chirp session and no better way to, uh, to, you know, get to our chirp session than talk about the events of last night. And we're not going to relive the Bruins Islanders uh, game, you know, uh, very good game again for anyone who's a neutral observer for a Bruins fan, not a good ending, but a fun game. But there was another game, a game seven of the first round. Uh, you know, usually the NHL does not have series overlap in this manner. I know the NBA sometimes does. Uh, usually they try and keep, you know, all first and second round games together. But in this case where they, they got to finish the season up as soon as they can and give these players an off season before they hopefully start in late October, uh, the, the next season. You had to, you know, you had a game seven of, of round one going on the same time as game two of round two was going on. And Montreal and Toronto playing game seven following what was a three games to one lead from uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They lost back-to-back games in overtime, uh, one at home and then one in Montreal, set up a game seven. And I mean, if you're, if you're a devoted Leafs fan, no matter how you know, much you love your team, you knew in the back of your head, you knew they were losing last night. I'm sorry. Like you, if you're a Leafs fan, you know how this goes. Your franchise, I'm sorry to say it, your franchise is cursed, all right? And if you're on social media, one of the best accounts to follow is uh, Since Last Leafs Cup. Uh, it's, a, it's a very cool account. Um, and uh, the, the at on uh, the, the handle for it on Twitter is at Leafs Last Cup, and the, the account is called Since Leafs Last Cup. And they have summed it up in one tweet. Uh, I'm going to read the tweet for you right now, all you uh, wonderful listeners. 19,753 days since a cup. 6,250 days since winning a playoff series. 463 days since losing to an AHL Zamboni driver. 34 days until setting the record for longest Stanley Cup drought in NHL history. Hashtag lease forever. I mean, if that doesn't sum it all up perfectly, I don't know what does. The Leafs, I just, this franchise... Everyone was talking all season long about how this was the year for the Leafs. If any of our listeners and my line mates recall, I was not on this bandwagon. I, I did not believe in Toronto. I said that I thought that Toronto would fall short. I didn't know if they would lose in the first round. I do, I do believe that I still picked them to win this first round against Montreal. But I just, I just did not believe in this Leafs team because no matter what happens, you know, I, there was another tweet the other night that, um, uh, that I saw someone's saying like, my God, you have David Pasternak scoring hat tricks in the playoffs and you have Mitch Marner saying after the game, yeah, we, we couldn't get, uh, get up for this, uh, this playoff game. We, you know, we couldn't get started on time. It's like that guy's got a $10.1 million cap hit. Like you could have Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy for that, uh, for that same cap hit that the, the, uh, the Leafs are paying Mitch Marner. I mean, what, where do they go from here? They don't have a ton of flexibility. You know, uh, you know, 
Uh, we're hoping that John Tavares is feeling well. It seems like he's feeling better. He did take uh, the morning skate with the team before game seven the other day. So hopefully he's you know, good to go, not feeling Ill, any ill effects uh, as we start next season. But, you know, you have Tavares, you have Austin Matthews, you have Jake Muzzin, you have Marner making $10.1 million cap hit. Can this team even add anything? And, you know, they made the trade for, uh, for Nick Foligno and – guess what? He's probably going to go back to Columbus. Now you basically gave up a first round pick for a guy who played for you for a few weeks. And now he's going to go back to Columbus. They, this team went all in at the deadline, trying to pick up veteran help and couldn't get out of the first round to a team that was struggling to make the postseason. I feel like I'm going on and on. I want to get my line mates involved here, but it's just this, this franchise is a joke. It doesn't matter how much talent they add at the end of the day, they're, always going to lose like I think someone pointed it out they are like the Chicago Cubs of the NHL they really are like it doesn't matter what they do they are perennial losers Lauren I want to hear from you what did you think about how this game seven went down you know the minute the minute Montreal scored I'm like oh it's over at one nothing I felt like it was over what did you think yeah when it was one nothing I, I pretty much felt the same I was like Going into the game, I was like, the Leafs cannot let the Habs score first. And then, boom, of course it happened. Um, I, before I get into my, my rant here, I feel really, really bad for my cousin out in Nova Scotia. Huge Leafs fan. He's been a Leafs fan his whole life. Um, so he's obviously going through it. He's been going through it. And uh, it's just the only person I really feel bad for right now. But, you know, they have so much talent, like you said. And it makes you wonder, like, what, what more can they do? I mean, I knew Joe Thornton wasn't going to be the answer as much as I absolutely love him, but he just doesn't, he's not your missing piece. And even though they bolstered their defense a little, they still didn't do too much to fix it. And that, that's been their major thing for years. But, you know, it makes you wonder, like you said, where do, you, where do they go? Like, what, how do they blow this team up when you have the talent and all – all the money tied up into all these players it's just it almost makes you feel bad for Maple Leafs fans because they've been through so much and they cannot get out of their own the Maple Leafs cannot get out of their own way and you know these fans I'll give it to them they're loyal as hell and it's I know how tough it is to watch a team lose in playoffs year after year after year I I totally get that but to come so close to have a 3-1 series lead, to be up 3-1, 4-1 against the Bruins. I mean, we all love reliving that game. It's just how, how, like where we thought this was going to be a really strong Maple Leafs team. How do you go up from here when you financially really can't? Like, do you blow up the, the front office? Do you blow up whatever you can in cap space? Like, can you just build around? How much patience as Tavares as Marner are all these big names going to have with you when everyone's in win now mode the team on paper that's a that's a cup team that's a cup contending team it's more than a first round team I feel like they've been more than a first round team for for a couple seasons and they just run into you know when you run into a team like the Bruins the Lightning and you run into stronger teams that's that's different but man you had a 3-1 series lead this was all but over it really was and it's so unfortunate for, for Maple Leafs fans, but as a Bruins fan, it's funny watching it just because it's like, 
here we go again. Like it's the same, same story, different year, but you know, I don't, I don't know what's next. Um, I really don't. I mean, you, you obviously have to hope that John Tavares is 100% healthy and hope he's okay and can compete at the level that he has been, but it's, you guys are so tied up in all this cap space, all this money. And I don't, I don't know what's next because even if Thornton retires, you're, that's not giving you a lot of money back. So I think there's a lot of questions. I think there's more questions than answers right now for Toronto. And it's going to be a very, very long off season. Yeah. The Bruins fan in me is disappointed that we didn't get a Boston Toronto matchup, uh, you know, somewhere down the line to be like, yeah, like this is this is the boogeyman, like the the big bad Bruins are coming to end your season again. It couldn't even get that far because they choke against the Habs, and you know how hard it is for me to give the Habs credit for literally anything. But shout out to the Habs; they fought back. They won two overtime games, and then Carey Price stood on his head in Game Seven. I mean, he really came to play, and I mean, just I've seen Leafs fans be like. You know, we got to trade Marner. Uh, let, like, let's go after. Uh, you know, let's go after Jack Eichel. It's like, no matter what you do, your outcome is going to be the same. Like, why would the, why would the Sabers want Mitch Marner for Jack Eichel? Why have a higher cap hit for someone who's like the same player? Honestly, like the same player. I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, people, Leafs fans are just, they're going through it. And I'm reading the tweets, and I wasn't even that upset. Like. I was initially upset over the Bruins loss in game two, but reading the reactions from Leafs fans following that, that collapse and that game seven loss, I'm like, Oh my God. I think these people's, their tears, their pain is giving me life. Uh, Haley, what do you think about, uh, you know, do you think that this Toronto Maple Leafs franchise is actually cursed because we've laid out all the scenarios here. I know that, you know, there was a period where you weren't watching hockey as much, but based on all of their recent history and the fact that it has been decades and decades and decades since they won a Stanley cup. I mean, they have become the laughingstock of the league. What do you think they can do to fix it? What do you, what are your thoughts in general? I don't even know what they can do to fix it. I don't, you you got to do something though. You can't just keep going the same direction the entire time and hope for the best. It, it's just not working. So they got to figure something out. And like Lauren said, just one player, that's not the answer. Just because you added a veteran player who's incredible, it, it doesn't do anything because the rest of the team or the coaching or above the coaching, something's not clicking, something's not working. I just find it pretty funny. Uh, I'm not on the Boston level of hating those teams as much as others, but I just find it really funny, in my opinion, that, like, you know, just it's a, it's a long drought. It's a long drought. I really enjoyed that tweet because the AHL Zambroni driver, one of my favorite, like, memories of poor Leafs. They had to be involved in that. But really cool that he came up and won a game, you know, in the NHL. So to have that in the tweet was pretty cool. I, it's hard to say what they can like with a definite plan of what they can do to make it better. I still feel like they can change some things, but it's still going to be probably a couple of years before you really see them progress any further in a playoff or get back to the playoffs. I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. Could it be a curse? Maybe, maybe they are the Cubs <laughs> and every sports league needs one. 
Very true. I mean, this is a team, they have no long-term future in net. You know, Jack Campbell is a good story, but at the end of the day, you know, that, that's, that's not a long-term solution. He's kind of a journeyman. Uh, he, he caught fire at the right time. Uh, and he was great in this series. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, but they don't, they just don't, they don't have a long-term solution in net. And that would give me a lot of pause if, uh, if I were a Maple Leafs fan and they tied up a lot of, uh, of their payroll in veterans who probably won't be back. So you have to replace those guys, your young core, you got some talented players, but they've kind of, I don't think they're getting any better. There's not like another level to go to. I mean, Austin Matthews had as good of a season as he'll probably ever have not saying that he'll regress, but that's, you know, that's probably the best you're going to see him play. And the end result was still him not showing up in a playoff series and your, your, your team losing the first round in a year where you had a pretty, you had a cakewalk to, uh, I'm going to be honest. You had a cakewalk to what isn't the conference finals this year. Cause there's no conferences, but the semifinals you had Montreal, a team that you should have beaten. And you had, you didn't even have to face Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in round two. Uh, they, Winnipeg took care of them and you handled Winnipeg all season long. So you had two round series wins in your pocket and you choked it. I mean, I just, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And I could talk about this for hours. We're not going to, but if you want us to, if you want us to talk about the Maple Leafs for, for longer, tweet at us at Snipe and Selly. Tell us uh, that you want us to do like a bonus mini episode only bashing the Maple Leafs. We'll do it. Like we'll, we'll uh, we have no problem getting there, but there's just so much else to talk about. But I just, as soon as they lost game five, I'm like, okay, I think Montreal is going to push this to seven. And then once uh, they, the OT winner came in as the Bruins were capping off their game one win against the Isles. So I didn't see the gate, the OT winner live, uh, the game winner, but I, I, like I saw it pop up my screen. I'm like, Oh my God, it's going seven. I'm like, Toronto has no shot. Like I just, I knew it as soon as it went to seven, I'm like, they're, they're done. They're not going to win this game. I don't care if the I don't care if the Habs don't even field more than five skaters. Uh, like, like whoever's out there will manage to beat the Leafs. That's just the, that's the way this franchise is at this point. And if you're a long suffering Leafs fan who is listening to this show, I mean, kudos to you for continuing to listen. We've just spent like last 15 minutes bashing your franchise, uh, but it's not going to get any better. I'm sorry, friend. It's not going to get any better. And you know, whatever happens next season, guess what? You're going to lose in the first round again. I don't care who you're playing. You could be playing a peewee team from Saskatchewan. You are going to lose. So just, you know, get on board with it now. And why don't you like benefit financially from it? Put some money on whoever's playing the Maple Leafs uh, to, w- to win you know, at least cash in on the futility. We need to know who in the Maple Leafs organization dropped the spirit stick. If you've seen Bring It On, then you know what I'm talking about. So whoever that is, they're the reason for the curse. That could very well be the case. Yeah, it, it's, oh, that, that poor franchise. Uh, I don't feel bad for them, but I feel bad. For, I feel bad for their fans. You know, uh, I, I know what it's like to root for a team that has long been suffering and I know what it's like when that drought eventually ends. And so when that drought eventually ends, I, I do look forward to seeing what the parade looks like in Toronto. I think that the, they'll go pretty hard, but let's hope that it's like another 50 years from now. Let's, let's keep it going a little bit longer. But enough with that. There's just so much more action on the ice that we have to get to. So since, since the last time we recorded, 
there were still a few round one series going, and they've all since wrapped up finally with uh, the the Habs eliminating Montreal, uh, the Habs eliminating Toronto last night. And so let's just kind of we'll recap it. Obviously, we we already talked about we have um, you know Vegas and Colorado uh, facing off in round two. Uh, ultimately, we had Vegas beating uh, Minnesota in Game Seven. Uh, you know, that was a that was a captivating series. So it was good to see that series go seven. But uh, you know you had the matchup that everyone was looking for uh, out there in uh, the uh, in the West Division. The Scotia North Division finally is set. Uh, I, I cannot believe that the Oilers ended up getting swept, but that is the case. Uh, so you have Winnipeg and Montreal. That series has not started yet. It will start soon. Uh, we have the Lightning who. The mark reverse jinx did not work. I tried to reverse jinx the lightning into losing. And unfortunately, the Panthers were not up to the task. So the Panthers did lose in six. They were not able to push that to seven. So you had Tampa advancing uh, as well as Carolina. So that series is currently in game two. Uh, As we are recording, game two is going on. We got five minutes to go in the first period. And uh, Tampa and Carolina are still tied at uh, zero, zero. But uh, Tampa does lead that series one game to none. That, that's, that's a good series. And the winner of that series will play the winner of Islanders Bruins because of uh, how the playoff format is, but uh, a, an excellent uh, series um, over there in the central. And then finally, of course, in the mass mutual East division, you have the Islanders and Bruins who are two games into their series. So they're the, the furthest into the second round at this point, but I want to get uh, my, my line mates thoughts on how that first round kind of wrapped up and what they think about the second round so far. And, I think we'll make some predictions on this episode and see who wins uh, the, the four ongoing series. So Lauren, I'll start with you out of these, uh, you know, if you have any lingering thoughts on the first round that you'd like to express, this is the time to do it. Uh, and then otherwise let's get your thoughts in the second round. We have again, Vegas and Colorado, Montreal, Winnipeg, Carolina, Tampa, and Boston and, and uh, in New York, who do you think uh, advances from these series? So uh, the floor is yours, Lauren. So just any lingering thoughts from the first round is the Panthers put up a hell of a fight. That was a fun series. And I obviously wish it could have gone the Panthers way just for storylines, underdogs, and to potentially not play Tampa Bay um, coming from a Bruins fan. But other than that, I think the first round went pretty much how we thought it would save for the Toronto series. But um, as for teams for moving on, I want to say Tampa, but I just, something is pulling me toward Carolina and I have to go with my gut. So I'm going to say Carolina, even though I know I've said before that I, it's hard to see people, any team beating this Tampa team. But if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Carolina. So I'm going to go with Carolina. Might be a bit of a hot take there, but I'm going to go with that. Um, I think the Bruins will advance. I think it's going to be a long series. I originally said Bruins in seven um, for our predictions on Nesson. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, I think that the Islanders are a good, really good matchup for the Bruins. I think that they're both really good teams. The Bruins kind of figured them out at the end of the regular season, and that's going to show more toward in, throughout this series. Um, who? So then who, who else do we have? Who am I missing? Oh, obviously my abs are going to advance. They're going to sweep their way to the cup. So I mean, <laughs> any time we talk about the abs, they're already in the cup final in my mind. And then I have, who am I missing? The Habs and? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Oh, poor Winnipeg. I'm sorry, Winnipeg. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Winnipeg, even though I just forgot about you guys. Um, 
I'm going to go with Winnipeg. I think that the Habs obviously are a good team. I think in some cases they're too dependent on Carey Price and you can't always be too dependent on your goalie. We've seen that so many times throughout the season with many teams. So I think I'm going to go with Winnipeg. I'm going to go Winnipeg in six. I think that's all four. Yeah. I mean, Winnipeg, that's a team that, I mean, we talked about it one of our last episodes. At one point they had lost like six out of seven uh, towards the end of the regular season. Like they were struggling big time and, you know, they managed to right the ship right at the end of the season. And then sweeping Edmonton was a shock to me. I mean, I, I didn't have Edmonton as a cup contender because as we've talked about ad nauseum, they have no solution in net. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe in Mike Smith. I don't believe in anyone who they put in, in net. So I didn't think that they were going to win the cup. But on the back of Dreisaitl and McDavid, I was like, yeah, they'll make it out of the, out of the first round. Um, you know, maybe they even beat Toronto. Turns out they wouldn't have had to face Toronto. Uh, another team that, uh, God, like really just uh, really blew a golden opportunity to you know, advance far in this postseason. But Winnipeg, it just, it's weird right now. They, they just, they feel like a team that, uh, you know, that, that could make a run. So, you know, good, good for them. Good for Blake Wheeler. Um, but yeah, I, I think that um, it's interesting that Lauren has turned heel now on, uh, on Carolina. She, she was big on Nashville. She's like, yeah, I don't believe in this, uh, this Carolina team. And now she like the rest of us can't stand Tampa Bay to the point where she's like, yeah, you know what? I'm all, I'm all in on this Carolina team right now. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Big Kane's guy over here. Yeah. Uh, play brass bonanza. Let's, uh, let's get that going. Uh, well, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, uh, yeah, I, that's going to be a fun series. Again, the game one was, was pretty competitive. Game two is uh, nearly at the end of the first period and still scoreless. These teams are it's getting a little bit chippy, which is fun to see. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens uh, in, in this series. So, uh, as, oh, my, the Canes missed a goal by about a quarter of an inch, uh, just as, uh, as I say that. Uh, so, Hales, how about yourself? Any lingering thoughts on how round one ended? And, uh, and you know, what are your thoughts on how the second round has started? And any, you know, any predictions for how the series are going to wind up? Yes, as I chase my cat off of my kitchen counter, it's not in stop here while we're recording. Um, there wasn't, I feel like, a whole lot of surprises in round one other than seeing certain teams get swept and um, certain teams make it through, like Winnipeg, that you didn't necessarily expect. Really cool that they did. I don't hate Winnipeg. I don't really think much about them. No offense to their fans. I'm just not a fan of their team. So there were some surprises, and then there were not surprises like Montreal or yeah, like uh, Toronto, sorry, screwing it up in the first round and getting knocked out. Like, there, there were some that were not surprising. All in all, for it being, like, a shorter season and these different kind of, like, leagues, it's been a pretty great season, pretty great first round of nothing like hockey in the playoffs. So, it's been pretty enjoyable to watch. I'm really excited for the second round. We, we talked about it last episode, too. There's just really good teams in the playoffs that are playing really early on that are getting kicked out early because just of the amount of talent that you have. Um, but I, I don't even know who I said would go to the cup final at this point, but I, I, I know it wasn't necessarily that having the abs win, not anything against them. I don't think I said that they would, but now I'm wholeheartedly on Colorado winning just based on watching them play. And Lauren, I know you love them. I'm not rooting for them necessarily to win. I just feel like they're 
they're pretty unstoppable right now, which kind of puts a target on their back too. Like they're the ones to beat. They're not the underdogs. <laughs> they're the ones to beat. Because my cat does it again. Live podcasting, y'all. Asylum, what pits a little behind here? Uh, so as for this second round, I am on the Carolina train as well. I hate Tampa Bay. I just want them to lose. My husband keeps joking about getting a Tampa Bay jersey, and that might cause major issues in this household. So I've told him con um, constantly that that will end in divorce. So hopefully he's learned to stop, uh, stop considering that. Um, I, for you guys' sake there, my Boston fans want the Canadians to lose <laughs> just because of that long-standing hate that Boston has for the Canadians. And I feel like Winnipeg is kind of the underdog in that game a little. And so I'm rooting for Winnipeg to win that one. And I feel like based on the first round, they can do it. I think, uh, like I said, Colorado, I have them taking the cup. So they're definitely going to beat Vegas. Whether it's in four or five games, I think it'll be pretty quick. I don't think it'll go to seven games personally. And let's see. The Bruins and Islanders, uh, I, like I said, I think last episode, I do not discount the Bruins ever in the playoffs. They are a different team in the playoffs, even with their goalie going through some. Sorry about my dogs. Hold on one second. Uh, they, even with their goalie, you know, dealing with some injury issues, they're still a different team in the playoffs, and they really know how to make changes on the fly. So I have faith in them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely hails. Um, I, I gotta say, I, uh, I, I love the beauties of live podcasting where I can see Haley oh yelling at yeah. her dogs. <laughs> they would not stop. They're about to start doing it again. Did I forget any teams while I was like, yelling at them? <laughs> no, you, you got, you got all your I covered them all. Okay. You then did. we're good. Um, yeah. I mean, as for myself, uh, I just, my lingering thoughts in the first round is uh, I'm not going to you know, go into Montreal and, um, and Toronto again. I mean, that we've said all we needed to say there. I do wish that some of these game sevens would be a little bit more captivating. Um, you know, you had v Vegas and Minnesota, that game seven was, you know, pretty one-sided. Uh, great series overall, but when, when the game seven's kind of a, a letdown, like you, you almost forget how good of a series it was. Um, I don't want to say that, that Montreal, Toronto was a letdown uh, because, you know, it was, you know, there's still a lot of drama, still a lot of good storylines there. But again, it just felt like a game that Montreal, once they went up one, nothing, you're like, yeah, they're, they're not going to lose this game. Uh, didn't feel like it was in doubt. So hopefully we have some better game sevens um, and hopefully they don't involve the Bruins. I, I would like to, I'd like to avoid having a heart attack, having like a, an overtime game seven involving the Bruins. Let's just not do that. Let's have the Bruins win in five or six games. That'd be nice. But as for my thoughts in the second round in general, I, maybe I'm going to make the same mistake that I just made in selling to uh, Montreal short, but I think Winnipeg dispatches of uh, Montreal pretty easily. I think that, uh, you know, I'll give them six. Uh, I'll say it'll be a six game series, but it'll be like, they'll be up three, one, uh, you know, Montreal wins uh, a hard-fought game five, and then Winnipeg waxes them in game six. I think it'll be a six-game series there, and we see Winnipeg advance to the semifinals, not, you know, usually conference finals. 
Um, and in that instance, because they'd be the lowest seeded team, uh, you know, whoever wins in that Montreal and Winnipeg series is going to play Colorado, assuming that Colorado advances um, from Vegas. So, uh, you know, they'll have a, you know, a, a nice, uh, they'll have a nice time ad- advancing uh, to that point, but then you know, they'll play Colorado because I, I do, I do think that Colorado ends up uh, beating Vegas. Again, I think it'll be a six game series. I think that Vegas fights their way back in. Uh, I think that they, they, you know, they show some heart. They are a, a quality team, but ultimately they, they fall short and, they can at least take solace in the fact that apparent for some reason they don't have to participate in the expansion draft. Uh, they don't have to uh, expose a player and lose a player. I think that's BS, but whatever. Um, so I think that uh, Colorado ends up advancing and I'm going to make it a clean sweep. Yes. Is there a little bit of bias here? Sure. But I do think that the Bruins are going to advance uh, over the Islanders. Again, they have won four of the last five matchups between these two teams since the trade deadline. Uh, you know, they, fell behind 3-1 in game two last night and then wound up forcing OT. The Islanders had to scratch and claw just to get that OT victory. I think the Bruins go to Long Island. I think they win game three. And I think Jeremy Lauzon is a healthy scratch for that game. Um, so uh, maybe Jared Ginordi gets in there. Maybe Urho Vakanainen. Uh, I hope that Craig Smith uh, can return to the lineup um, for the Bruins. Uh, he would make all the difference in that second line. Uh, that Krejci line, it's been humming with him in there. Hopefully he can, he can come back. But uh, yeah, I think the Bruins dispatched the Islanders. I know Lawrence said seven. I'll say seven as well, um, you know, just because I, I can't keep saying six games for each series. So <laughs> I hope that it's over in, in five or six. But I'll say that the Bruins advance in seven. And then finally, I think I got to go seven again, again here. I'm going to go Carolina in seven over Tampa. And again, this is an unbiased NHL podcast, but I, I just, I want Tampa Bay to lose. I cannot support a franchise that has so skirted the rules. Uh, I'm a big uh, guy for uh, rule following and not taking shortcuts. Um, and right now I, uh, I, I, I don't want to see a team that's taking shortcuts and, uh, and, you know, exploiting a loophole advance. So let's go Carolina, you know, uh, you know, let, let's go uh, former Whalers. I, th- I think they advance in seven games over Tampa and uh, they would match up with the Bruins in uh, the semifinals. So we'll have to see how it goes, but um, yeah, th- those are my predictions for sure. So that's pretty much going to do it uh, for this episode. But before uh, you know, we wrap things up, I wanted to go along to each of my line mates and have them uh, you know, let us know if they have any empty netters for us, any closing thoughts. So Lauren, we'll start with you. Any, uh, any closing thoughts and empty netter for us on tonight's episode? Yeah, I just want to acknowledge um, it, is, it is June 1st, so it is the beginning of Pride Month. And I just want to acknowledge that. I know that, um, you know, that a lot of major league teams maybe don't do enough. Um, and that's across the board. You know, they change their profile pictures. They have Pride Night, which is amazing. But I do think that there's more, a lot more that can be done across the board but um, it's, there's always a great time to start this discussion, but no better time maybe than during Pride Month. So I hope those discussions get started uh, throughout themes and leagues and just kind of make this more inclusive for everybody out there. Yeah, very well said, Lauren. It, it just, it, it seems like just an empty gesture on the part of a lot of teams where it's, you know, they, they, they'll change their profile picture, they'll, uh, they'll release a statement, you know, 
all things that a PR team can do for pretty much anything. They can do, they do the same thing for, uh, for veterans day. They do the same thing. Like, you know, you can change your profile pic. You can sell gear, uh, like, you know, do things that help make you money, but will you actually take a stand? Will you actually, you know, show support for, uh, you know, for, for, you know, uh, the, the gay community, uh, for the LGBTQIA community, you know, will you actually make hockey for everyone? Um, and, you know, appeal to that fan base, not just because, hey, it's, it's, this is the designated month that we're supposed to, uh, to, you know, make the gesture. No. Do you actually care about reaching out and connecting with those fandom communities? Uh, I hope that's the case. And like you said, I hope that they, they do more than just, uh, you know, change their profile pic and say, hey, you can buy, uh, you know, you can buy a, a special uh, Pride Month uh, Bruins t-shirt here. Give us $30 and, uh, and you know, uh, you'll have spent the money and will have done nothing else. Hopefully they actually care and they make their sport more welcoming to everyone and anyone. So I agree, Lauren. Um, Haley, how about yourself? Any empty netters for us, uh, you know, closing thoughts to wrap up the show? Mine is more of like a plea. So I'm going to the Boston area in October for my birthday. The Patriots decided to give me a middle finger and have a game in Texas while I'm in Boston just feel like that's really rude of them to do that. Um, so my plea is to the Boston hockey teams, both men and women's, maybe have a home game, maybe allow fans so that I can get some Boston sports experience while I'm up there. Please. I mean, I, I think that would be great. I mean, imagine if we were able to see a pride game and then have maybe like a, a live interview with, uh, with our, our number one uh, supporter, Carolyn Pilch. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> that would definitely be the best birthday ever. I would really love to see a Pride game. Carolyn followed me on Twitter right after our episode, and I was super excited about it. So number one fan of the Pride now. Yes, yeah. love that. Carolyn has, has not unfollowed me yet, uh, which is a good sign because I tweet a lot. So, uh, so maybe she's just not very active, uh, or, or she, maybe she actually likes some of my tweets. Who knows? Uh, so <laughs> we, uh, we look forward to getting Carolyn back on at, uh, at some point, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, for Haley's birthday, that'd be nice. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's try and get Haley to a game while she's out here. I mean, we were, we were really banking on the Patriots having a home game. Like I, I'm a season ticket holder. So I, I, I could have arranged to have all, like uh, have the entire block of tickets for that game. Uh, and of course they have to be on the road. They have to be in Houston where Haley could have actually gone to see them play if she had been home that weekend. That's just a cruel, cruel twist of fate. Uh, so let's, let's hope that, uh, that the pride of a home game, I don't know if the NHL season will have started by that weekend, but uh, maybe you know, even if there's like a preseason uh, Bruins game, we can get, uh, get to that. So you know, let, let's see if we can get Haley to a game while she's out here. Uh, that's just, it needs to happen. Yeah. I'm just at this point, I am shamelessly begging because I did get screwed over by the Patriots. So just saying, not going to any football games this coming year. And it is my 30th birthday. So pride, come on. Yeah. So well, the Boston pride will come through for us. I, I, I can already tell. Um, as for myself, uh, I just want to re reiterate, uh, we are an anti-Baltimore Orioles podcast. Uh, until they rectify the situation, uh, please tag and credit us on Twitter if you want to use our name. 
just saying, you know, like you don't want to make enemies out of us. We can be very annoying. Specifically, I can be very annoying uh, on uh, on Twitter, and I can, uh, you know, I can make uh, I can make things difficult for you. So uh, again, we can be bought. So you know, look into that if uh, if you'd like, if you're listening, Orioles, and I know you are. But that is going to do it for this episode. Before we wrap things up, want to have each of my line mates let you know, dear listeners, where they can be found online. So we'll start with Lauren, uh, who is everywhere and anywhere. Uh, so Lauren, where can our listeners hear you? Where can they, uh, you know, follow your work for Nesson? Uh, you know, where where is the best place for them to find Lauren on the interwebs? You can find me all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at la 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 Lauren. That's three laws and then Lauren with four R's. You can obviously hear me right here on Snipe and Sully. You can also find all of my coverage for Bruins, the NWHL, the Red Sox, everything um, on Nesson.com. You can also hear me once a week on the Nesson Bruins pod. And you can also hear me here on FTF. For the Stealing Second Pod, we are back and we are rolling. So we're super excited about that. We're about a third of the way into the baseball season, but we are the podcast of only perfect takes. So we had to take a few months to get our perfect takes perfect for our listeners. But we are back and we are so excited. And I think that's it. It's always changing. Lauren's always doing so, like guest appearances on other podcasts. She's so generous with her time. And so we, as always, we are so appreciative for everything that she does for us. Another person who we're very appreciative for everything that she does for FTF Media is the one and only Haley. And Haley, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CSI Haley and on TikTok at CSI Haley 91. You can hear me and follow the social medias for two shows that I co-host, which is Fierce and Flawed and Gridiron Girls. You can find them at Fierce and Flawed and at Girls Gridiron on Twitter and at Gridiron Girls Pod at Fierce and Flawed Pod on Instagram. Make sure that you're also following at For the Fans Media on all social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all of the fun stuff. But make sure you're also visiting ForTheFansMedia.com where we have awesome blogs, video blogs, you can meet the team. You can go to each different podcast page and make sure you're subscribed to all of your favorites. And just keep a special eye on my mom's next video blog for Fully Baked because it's a really fun episode with my favorite dessert in the whole entire world. And it's not so based on that dessert. It's more based on how to take recipes from your family that are really old that you may not be able to follow the directions for and still make them. So it's going to be a really special episode. Yeah. The, the fully baked videos that, uh, that Haley's mom does are, are awesome. And she's, she like kind of like incepted one into my brain, uh, one that she's going to do in July. Uh, she put a picture of it up the other day. I'm like, Oh my God, this cake looks amazing. Um, but, uh, so there's going to be a special episode for June and then, uh, another one for July. So, uh, you know, go back and watch some of the other ones too. Uh, you know, the great videos and we are going to get the website rolling again, uh, for the fans, uh, with some awesome content. So definitely check it out. Like Haley said, as for myself, I can be found on Twitter at Mark Paselli 13, uh, complaining about the fact that I am going to be homeless in a week. Um, so, uh, you can follow me at Mark Pacelli 13, uh, that is P I S E L L I. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to be homeless, but uh, I am in the middle of a uh, crazy real estate market and 
you know, hopefully I find a new place to live soon. Uh, and, and in the meantime, I'm crashing with my parents. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I can also be heard on the, uh, on NerdPod here on FTF Media, as well as on Fierce and Flawed with Haley. I also uh, host Views from the Rafters, which is FTF Media's basketball podcast. So check us out as well. We'll be returning soon. But that is going to do it for us. So uh, for each of my linemates, I want to wish you all a wonderful morning, afternoon, night, whenever you're listening to this pod. And until the next time that we join you, enjoy the action on the ice. Thank <laughs> you.